Welcome to Tales for Wales, a Welsh history podcast brought to you by two boozy idiots. I'm Frank, and I'm joined by Jack. We've been friends for over 20 years and we have a genuine love for Welsh history and comedy, so we thought we would try and blend the two and put it out in a bloody old podcast. We're going to talk through the famous Welsh battles, events and people, whilst having a few cans and trying to shine a light on an otherwise dim-litted history. To stay up to date with everything from our pod, get around our Twitter account, which is Tales Number 4 Wales. So without much further ado, what the bloody hell have you been up to? Catchy, which is Jack backwards, with an I at the end. <laughs> we won't go further into that, it's just damning <laughs> on my entire character. But yeah, no, I've just been recovering, mate. I um, I, I tried to think of something like a funny anecdote to give you today, but to be honest, I've been such a wreck since uh, since the weekend. For, for our listeners, we went on a little boozy weekend away. Not just the two of us. It wasn't romantic. It was uh, we brought our girlfriends and everything like that. They, you know, was, <laughs> don't lie. It was, totally... it was just me and you. Yeah. <laughs> it was just me and you. Yeah, <laughs> little cabin in the woods. <laughs> no, we took the dogs away uh, and the pooches. Way, <laughs> but, oh, no. <laughs> Oh, so poor. That is bad. Uh, no, we went away with a good. I know that's so so bad. I felt a bit bad saying it, but it's it's recorded. That's not us. It's... We're not those kind of guys. No, we're not. We're not those. The, old, the old ball and chain. Oh, the, old, the, old, oh, the dragon. Keep the dragon at bay. Dragon. Oh, she was roaring that weekend. Don't you know? yeah. <laughs> but no, we took. A, yeah, we had the. It was twelve of us. Was there? Yeah. Uh, twelve or six couples. Yeah. Four doggies. It was good fun. Yeah, but it, it was very, very boozy yeah. in typical fashion. It used to say to me when we, um, this was back when we used to live a bit closer, we used to go to the gym every morning. We used to say, we're always fine by Thursday. Thursday yeah. is like the great, the great reset, isn't it? So like the, <laughs> yeah. the Monday, you're usually you're feeling like hell, like you're, you're in the fucking seventh circle of hell. Tuesday's like hell light, don't yeah. need to tell. Yeah. Wednesday, you're like, I'm finally like a normal human being. And then Wednesday, you're like, oh, what's that? What's that hankering I've got yeah. like, in the back of my, in the back of my oh, I need a beer. Give me a quencher. So, in true fashion, it's Thursday and we're back on it. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's well, all's been going on with me, really. You did that mad thing where we finished a big weekend away. So, we come back Sunday night, all of us are broken. You carry on drinking because you do the what makes you better, makes you, what makes you bad, makes you better. That philosophy. Yeah, that was. In hindsight, that was a foolish move, um, <laughs> yeah. but I just felt, I felt like shit on the Sunday. So like I thought, well, come on, I'll, you know, when you think I'll just have like two or three and then I'll sort of take the edge off and you'll be okay. But then I was like, well, I do have like a leftover crate. I mean, I do have tomorrow off. Why not just have a few? I was in, I was in bed by like nine, but yeah, it, it really did a number on me the next day. <laughs> I thought I'd mention that this whole podcast side, because when we used to work in our separate workplaces, we'd get really bored and end up on like a Wikipedia rabbit hole of Welsh battles. And this battle is my origin story. It's the first battle I ever read about when I was about to be when I was meant to be working. And I also love it because it's not too far from Aberystwyth, which is where I went to uni. And I love Aber because it feels like it'd quite easily be a town from the Middle Ages. It's like lawless, it's filled with booze. The standard drink they do in most pubs is called the Admiral, which is four shots of vodka and like knockoff Red Bull. It's like frequented by bizarre local characters. There's like a famous man with a cat on his shoulder called Catman. He used to walk everywhere around with it stuck on his shoulder. <laughs> and it's a town fuel. It's what, like... what Glyndor fought for for his descendants to have <laughs> yeah. the right to have a Was it called the Death Star? 
and, uh, yeah, the, the Death the Star. Uh, the Death Star. So the oh, Death the Star, yeah. I can't remember. The Admiral's the, the, the main one. The Death Star is only comes in two pints. You can't buy it in a single pint, and it's like uh, cider, carlin, like shots galore. It's fucking horrible. It tastes really nice, but it looks horrible. But yeah, it's a bizarre little characters there, and it's like a town fueled by rumors and gossip, and it's um, like the last place to get any official news. So it feels like a very medieval town. It feels like you'd only get yeah, news. You're very much going back in time. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> And there's like constant street fights on nights out, but like it's all relatively harmless. Like you might get clocked, but they won't stomp on your head. Like it's good, honest folk. <laughs> it's yeah, good, honest fun. It's just a bit of a, a lark around, isn't it? It's no, it's not real fighting. It's fine. No, uh, I thought I'd like um, unlike well, what was in this fight. Well, but yeah, quite. Can I give you a little uh, anecdote of, of of a night out in Abba? Because I think it will help paint the mood of, of where this fight is. Because this battle happened not really, really close, like in the hills, not too far from Abba. So I thought I'd try and give the listeners a a picture of what Abba has become now, what he fought so hard for. Flavor, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one one night in Abba, one of my best friends, Ollie. Um, he didn't fancy coming out. So I was like, oh, come on, mate. And he's like, oh, okay, I will come out, but only if I have to wear white face paint and come out like the moon from the Mighty Boosh. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it's a mental thing to do. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right, I guess. <laughs> like this self-imposed I, weird I know Ollie. I've, I've met Ollie many a time, and he doesn't strike me as a guy <laughs> that needs some sort of um, dress up to get out, you know. He doesn't. No. He, he doesn't strike me as a guy who needs a bit of dressage to his, his yeah. social life. I, and it was like self-imposed. It was like a weird, weird forfeit, but it worked. Then he came out. But at that time, we had like, this long-running feud with this other group of lads who we'd always end up in the scrap. It's like with. he had a gun to his own head. I'll do yeah. it. I'll, I'll pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah, if you don't let me do go out as a moon, Frank's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had like, and at the time we had a like long, long running feud with this other group of lads, and we'd always end up in a scrap with them. One of the dance, well, well, we on the dance from Yoko's, which is like, as you know, is a tiny nightclub consisted of one room, sticky floor, plastic. Ooh, yes, I and do. Like school disco vibes, isn't it? Very much our sort of joint. Yeah. Yeah, me and Ollie were cutting some serious shapes, and like, lo and behold, we danced our way into the pit of the enemy, the, the rival gang of blokes, and um, <laughs> one of these boys was like, "You've led astray." One of these boys was like semi albino, and I like I seem to recall like he had like white eyebrows. I think he was just like pasty and a bit spotty. But like during one of our shit little scraps, we used to heal the albino slur at him in an attempt to demoralize him, like real war tactics. You won't go full physical. It's, you got to weaken your enemy's mind before you take out the body. I enjoy <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> anyway, as you like, like a guy those... in Game of Game of Thrones, isn't it? Where um, you know. But they're yelling the they're blowing the horn through the middle of the night and they're really pissing I'll off the, the guys. And, like, well, I will kill that man. Yeah, <laughs> he keeps yelling albino at me. I'll kill that man. <laughs> anyway, as we dosy do our way into this like viper pit, this albino kid saw Ollie with the white face and assumed we'd done it to take the piss out of him. And then like all hell blew loose. And it was like fists at dawn. It was just me and so Ollie. Good. Yeah, we just mean Ollie against all these hoodlums, and we it wasn't like a we didn't mean to, but it looked like we decided to paint Ollie up, throw him in amongst this guy and all his mates, and get our heads kicked in. You, that guy must have gone. Oh my god, he's got a real fucking dig at me here. He's come yeah. out and he's he's mugged me off in front of my mates. I can't let this stand. I have to, you know. It's it's like Vikings, you know, offending each other's honor. He's like, I can't let this lie. And all yeah. Ollie's doing, he just wanted to go out as the moon, bless him. <laughs> it's so, so fucking... stupid. He never wanted to go out as the moon, did he? He knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> 
he was going, those guys would be out. He's he yeah. seen on his social media they were out tonight. Yeah. And he was like, I tell you what, I'll say to Frank some guy with the moon, no one will suspect a thing. Yeah, he orchestrated this on day dot, didn't he? Oh, the ultimate mind game. I love yeah. it. All right, that's my uh, Aberystwyth tale. So now I'm going to pass you over to Jack, who's going to give you a brief overview of the Battle of Munith Hithgin, which we haven't announced the name of the battle. But if you've seen the name of this episode, you'll have realised it's called the Battle of Munith Hithgin. Yeah, if you're not a stupid shit, you'll you yeah, understand what's going on. You're a fucking dumb cunt. Um, also, there, there isn't much in common with that fight uh, <laughs> compared to this one. <laughs> there was no moon, there was no white enough, you know. <laughs> It's a good one. Oh, sorry, the moon, not <laughs> not the mighty Boosh moon. I do like. Sorry, to have to clarify yeah. for any mighty Boosh enthusiasts. There, sorry, turn off now if you're not. <laughs> if you've just come here for Welsh history, brilliant. If you're here for mighty Boosh anecdotes, not don't not so much. Anyway, right, I'll get on with the, the actual history portion of this. <laughs> yeah. So, the Battle of Menith Hithgen or Hithgen Mountain, uh, for those not blessed with a Welsh tongue. Occurred in sexual. June. Four... That sounds that so is sexual. very sexual. It's per... yeah, it was... I did it on purpose, mate. Obviously, <laughs> if you don't call it out, it ruins the magic. <laughs> <laughs> so this happened in uh, June fourteen oh one, and as cool as uh, this battle is, a lot of the shit back then wasn't really written down and stuff. So this this sort of little detail. So you might have to use your imagination to sort of fill in the blanks if you think it's a little bit bare. But also, yeah. you know, have a word with yourself and don't. Be so fucking judgmental. I'll give a bit of context to sort of lead up to this battle. So this was one of the biggest early battles that took place during the Welsh Revolt, which was going on from about uh, 1400 to 1415. It was a time when there was a lot of anti-Welsh laws in place. So Welsh people were basically treated as second-class citizens for the, for the most part. And eventually rising tensions led to Owen Glyndwr leading that uprising against the English after he lost a land dispute to an English nobleman. I'll sum up, this is a very quick and you know short and sweet version of this, oh, but basically good. Owen was a fan of the old king, King Richard II. King Richard II was deposed by Henry Bolingbroke, who became Henry IV. The man that Owen Glyndwr was in dispute with, Baron Reginald Grey de Ruthyn, have a longer name, mate. Yeah, uh, he was quite chummy with the new king. He was chummy with a new king. So naturally, the land dispute went in Reginald's favour. Glyndwr was pissed at this, basically said, fuck you, I'm the Prince of Wales now, and I say we've had a bloody nerf. So that's a very, I just very say that's, su- that's such a modernisation of it. As I said, fuck you, I've had enough. Listen here. I've had enough, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's the very short and sweet version of the sort of uh, why the Welsh were revolting in the first place. So I'll get on to the battle. So the battle was between Wales and the Kingdom of England. We know Owen Glyndwr was commanding the Welsh. It's not known who was leading the English army. You can just assume he's a little beta soy boy cuck, probably. But, you know, who knows? On the number side of things, the Welsh had between 120 to 500 men, mainly consisting of archers on little hill ponies, which is a great image. The English were comprised of English and Flemish soldiers, numbering between 1,500 and 2,000 men, mainly infantry, with some heavy cavalry support. So it's worth noting that several sources actually make a point of saying that the English Flemish soldiers were lacking in experience and had a general sort of lack of discipline. That comes into play a bit later, but just bear that in mind as I'm, as I'm going through this. So the exact location of the battle isn't actually known, but it took place in the Cambrian Mountains, which are about 20 miles northeast of Aberystwyth, as Franco mentioned earlier, not too far from his uh, spiritual home. Uh, the English Flemish army marched up from Pembrokeshire 
and Glyndwr apparently did like a phase retreat to sort of lure the English uh, through yeah. and over the mountains. So you the know, old Dutch have a, goodbye. Have a little pop. <laughs> the old Dutch goodbye. Leave a lingering stench yeah. so that they have to follow, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so yeah, he'd, he'd pepper them a little bit, you know, fuck off up the mountain sort of thing, drawing them up. This was a ploy to exhaust the English, basically, because they weren't really fit for the terrain. There's three main grave sites around Menith Hithgen, hence the name of the battle, uh, suggesting the Welsh did their classic hit and run tactics. Because of their skills with long bows, they never had to get too close, so could just, you know, pop in, pepper the English, yeah, on and off, them. reposition, rinse and repeat, again and again. It's just a classic old Welsh tactic. As I mentioned earlier, I enjoy the idea of, of Welsh boys on these tiny ponies with their longbows because <laughs> longbows are like six foot tall. So like they have tiny little horses, basically your feet almost touching the ground and yeah. these big fuck off longbows. It just must have been like, like a, what were the Did English you reckon, looking over? Do you reckon over? They, they used longbows during that though? Uh, well, I, I well, some sources I read said that they were using longbows. Oh, that's and so I just funny. Would, like, so fucking... think that that is probably like twice the fucking... Yeah. Height of the horse. You know? Have you seen it's those just, horses? It, when I did the Duke of Edinburgh, I went up fucking that. What's that kind of a mountain? And the shit went up. I don't know why I'm being aggressive towards Penavan? it. Penavan? Uh, Penavan, yeah. People love it, but it's yeah, fine. so angry towards Penavan. That's everyone's entry-level mountain, man. <laughs> but the one opposite, like Cribbin, it's nice one around there, but people go mad for it. Um, but anyway, like when I did Duke of Ed... <laughs> I've already done that joke to my missus. Background <laughs> oh, story, right, people sorry. are missing. Yeah, I'll just say background story to the people. Whenever Jack gets nervous, I always think, oh, cripe, some cribbins, I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't got a clue around here. And there's a mountain called Cribbins. <laughs> yeah, this is being cut, mate. It's all being cut. No one will ever know your story. <laughs> yes, anyway, uh, when they when I did the Duke of Ed, you'd walk around there and um, you'd see like it, like from like maybe I don't know a bit of a distance away, I'd see these horses all like together. I thought, oh fuck, like wild horses, you know? Like, like bam, you know, I'm a city boy. I don't they know. Chompy horses. Like, well, I just imagine the, the horses will batter you. It got closer. They're fucking tiny. Like they gem- genuinely are small. And another fun fact: horses can't sleep on their tummy because they're so fat they'll crush their organs. Similarly to me. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, that's why they're always on their sides. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and they, they can sleep for a little bit, but they usually sleep standing up. They, they lock their legs into place like fucking... That's, that's what <laughs> I'm going to have to sleep when I'm older. Just have to sit lock leg. <laughs> Stood up, fucking eyes open, like fucking Gandalf. Yeah. uh, Also, I like that you come here for the Welsh history, stay for the equestrian knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) Divulging into a bit of different territory here. I like it. Yeah, back to you, mate. So, yeah, I love the idea of these Welsh boys on their little tiny ponies. And in contrast to that, the English slash Flemish, I suppose, chose their troops quite poorly here because the cute little Welsh ponies they're actually ideal because they're lower centre of gravity for rocky and boggy terrain, which is what the Cambrian Mountains basically consists of. Whereas the English army, their infantry struggle to travel across it. Obviously, you're just walking around in heavy armour, you're walking uphill, it's shit. But mainly the heavy horse, which is sort of a massive tool in the English army's arsenal, was basically rendered useless here because they're meant for smashing into the enemy on like an open field, you know, gathering loads of momentum and just using all that force to just bowl over the enemy but here they're stuck in marshes they can't get any speed up because they're on this craggy ground uphill and everything so the english despite having a huge number advantage were really brought down bogged by kind down. Of, uh, bogged down you might say yeah. Uh, yeah. by the choice of of units here basically the, the end result was around 200 english slash flemish dead with a bunch more captured and less than 50 welsh casualties according to sources 
pretty good numbers. Which is a huge result, you know, considering, I know you think 200 out of uh, 1,500 slash 2,000 is not that much, but well, considering well, we, we, we said this the before. force they were facing, it's insane. Yeah, we've said this before on this podcast, um, sometimes the numbers don't seem massively overwhelming, but a lot of fighting wasn't like to the death. It wasn't to, you know, you, you'd quickly realise that your battle was losing and then you'd either retreat or some of your men would just surrender. So like, even though... Well, this is, yeah, like, oh, well, the, this is where the inexperience that I mentioned earlier comes into play, because, because these guys didn't know what the fuck they were doing for the most part. Once you start seeing more casualties your side than the other side, despite the numbers, you're probably just going to call it a day. Yeah, and they happen like a lot of the time. They'd have lots of battles. They might they might lose a couple. Go, oh, do you know what? We're losing this. Let's get out of here, and we regroup and go again. Or we or you'd start to lose, and then you'd surrender, and you'd parlay your way out of it. Sorry, I've had too many curlings. I'm, <laughs> I'm belching. Baby boy. Let me, but um, yeah. So like that's a real battering. But, like considering the numbers, you'd assume that the English and Flemish should lose less than like fifty in this because they got so much more. And Mate, should if be this was a you know, medieval. Total, Total war fight. I'd have just yeah. done the automatic thing there because yeah, I thought fun. I'm so sure of myself. But yeah. oh dear, a bit dear, context. Not that's a, a game thing. me and Jack are obsessed with from probably the early 2000s, which is a computer simulator. Oh, of, yeah. of medieval battles. You'll hear God, we're alive. Many a reference to it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll hear many, many a reference to it throughout <laughs> these episodes. To carry on, basically, after those 200 English had died, you know, a bunch more captured and all that. The English and Flemish, they decided to do a runner after this. They couldn't. They, they knew they couldn't win. They legged it. It became a massive win for the Welsh Rebellion, becoming a kind of recruiting drive for the cause, really, because it was really early doors, uh, only a year into the sort of Welsh Revolt. This was like a sort of sign that not only could the Welsh fight the English, but they could also beat them back. So it was a massive boom to uh, recruits yeah. you know, joining the, the cause. And it wasn't long after that as well that Henry IV led another force into Ceredigion, sort of like a right, I'm going to teach the Welsh a lesson here, and he got beat back again. So it was sort of compounded then in the same year. And this was just, you know, this was the big uh, recruitment drive the Welsh needed. Yes, it's first. so this is his first year, and this is his first official kind of big battle. There's been skirmishes before, but nothing to this kind of volume or size. It's his first significant battle, isn't it? That's right, yeah. And then you've got the arguably the biggest Welsh victory, Battle of Bringlass in 1402. But as I said, there's another... There's another episode yeah. on that, so if you this is just a little sizzler for you all if you want to yeah. read about that. Yeah. So, yeah, so on this, we on this podcast we do two brilliant features, Man of the Match and Dick of the Day. And Man of the Match is we both offer who is the best or most significant part of the battle, uh, who with the reason why the, the people won. And then the Dick of the Day is who was the person who fucked it up. These are football in terms, which Jack, who is a avid supporter of no football team because he hates sports, but he, he you've adapted well, you know what they are now, don't you? So should I kick to you? Who who is your man or match? Kick to me. What's that? Is that is that another two? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, alley oop to you. Also, I don't, I don't hate sport. I'm just ambivalent. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just like if you boys want to go out on the beers, but there's a football yeah. game involved. I'll still come. I don't. I don't oh, know mate. what's going on. I don't really bother. You ever but, hear you that know, like socialist poem? You ever heard that socialist poem? First they came for the Jews and I did nothing. Then they came for the communists and I yeah. did nothing. Actually, first they came for basketball and I did nothing. First they came for football and I did nothing. And then they came to me and there's no one left to do anything. That's you. But I play I play no sports, mate, so I'd be golden, wouldn't I? You'd be the one coming for us, you bastard. All right. All right. So um, who are you dishing out your man of the match, match to? 
So my man on match, I think you can probably guess it. It's got to be our little buddies, the hill ponies, isn't it? Oh, that cute, isn't it? It's got to be. It's got to be, because yeah. uh, they gave the Welsh the big W. Glyndwr had archers on foot, apparently, present at the battle as well. And they're just being like a general nuisance. But I think really the, the win is owed to our manoeuvrability on the rocky, boggy, horrible terrain. And I think if that's you... just, yeah, I don't think you could win without them, really, in this in this instance. It was... um. It was a split between them and the longbow, but the longbow has got a lot of limelight on other episodes, so yeah. i got to go for those little we, nags, and I? Well, also, those little nags, if you've been to that area, it is really rocky, and it is really boggy and really difficult to move around, and you can really picture, if you're in like quite heavy armour, walking around, getting quite stuck in the mud, and you have these ponies who are adaptable and can move around it, and their hooves aren't getting stuck down, and just getting peppered with pet like arrows, and you're turning around constantly you're trying to move around and then from there you're getting people in sitting positions shooting you off with arrows and then you when you try and get close to them you're away again the, the enemy away again it'd be fucking terrifying so my man of the match is the bogs themselves the boggy land yeah we, we talked about this before in this podcast that welsh victories often happen in this green and pleasant land due to the fact it's in wales and it's on welsh turf it just seems untamable and wild, and it seems to be the downfall of the enemy so often. The reason people in Wales have survived for so long, it survived the Romans, it survived the Vikings, it survived, yeah, it got conquered by the English, but, you know, Edward I, but it survived for so many years, being unconquerable, even between tribes, because we know this area so well, and you know how to use it and weaponize it. Yeah, it always goes in our favour using the terrain, just because we, we know it and we can utilise it to the best of our ability. Yeah. You know, case in point, the English here... They sent yeah. What what? Yeah. Where are the Numbers. tacticians in this in this fight going? We're going up a mountain. I know what we should do. Get like heavily armored infantry and huge heavy horses to go through boggy and they just don't know, do they? I mean, I I guess yeah. that's the only excuse they have is they don't know the terrain. Yeah. And yeah, it, it always comes to our, our aid, basically, doesn't it? So um, also, this apparently happened next to somewhere called Nantamoch, which means the stream of pigs or pig stream, and that made me laugh. <laughs> that's <is> great. <laughs> I like the it's idea weird. they named that after they killed all these Flemish guys. Went, yeah, this is Big Stream. I assume they were French. <laughs> through, I don't through, know what. Through the Flemish and the English in there, like fucking pigs. <laughs> yeah, you fucking pig stream. Have a fucking go on that, you pig piss yeah. stream head. I, I vote in hill ponies, I reckon. Yeah, just you know we got the terrain. We've had, I think we've had the terrain in other episodes as well, where, like, you know, the, the bosom of Wales itself has sort of come to our aid. But. I like, I like yeah. the, little, the idea that Hill Pony's getting a medal as well. You know, that's cute image. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. We we have referenced before. It might not be in chronological order, but we we do stay tuned because we do talk about terrain. God, this is dull. <laughs> we do talk like about terrain quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, and the nags are quite cool. And it's it's quite cool that you still see wild hill ponies all across Wales today. All right, man of the match Defendants goes to of champions, mate. Yeah. Yeah, our, our connection is a bit slow, but that worked perfectly. Then, <laughs> man of the match goes to the descendants of champions. <laughs> All right, who's your dick of the day? So I'm I'm sticking with a sort of equestrian theme here. I'm gone for the heavy horse, and it's not so oh. much the heavy horse themselves. I'm not I'm not sort of blaming them for um, being on the, side blaming. Of the oppressor in this. Yeah, they, yeah, just because they're on the side of the oppressors, you know, they've been manipulated, same as many, many people. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Who but it's are you defending here? You sound like a Nazi sympathiser. <laughs> I don't think the uh, the horses are to blame. That's all I'm saying. You know, they're just they're just doing their duty. They're We're just following, following orders. orders. Yeah, sire. <laughs> but it's more it's more the arrogance of throwing them into the mix, you know, because um, the English used to do that a lot. 
they um they used to throw them into every battle and win because they're fucking devastating you know on an open field Terrifying. they are deadly deadly and yeah. they are really God, hard describe to them a little bit just paint paint a little picture for what what the heavy so, horse yeah these like. heavy horse are basically imagine the biggest beefiest fucking horse you've ever seen with the biggest beefiest <laughs> knights on top they're all bloody clad in the heaviest armor and their whole purpose is to as a cavalry unit just charge your force and essentially you you can't stop them from running through you they just completely run you ragged and then the other inf- infantry the other side will come in and just shank you kill you whatever because your formation is completely disrupted so you know like shire you know, horses just, yeah basically you know, you know, these so big, they use shire horses burgers. quite a bit in them and they shire horses are just pure like muscle they're massive and the way they fly i, th- I saw i think i showed that video of those um those people who what they called stunt stunt actors they had like a, a medieval battle where these horses ran through them and he was in cladded in loads of protective gear and he just gets fucking eviscerated because their idea was like a smash tactic wasn't it? it just smash through the enemy lines and batter them and then troops could run in behind yeah because the being in formation was such a, a trivial uh, not trivial that's the opposite of trivial um pivotal part yeah. of your army you know being able to hold your ground and things like that and basically the, yeah. these heavy horse were a nightmare for that but oh, i didn't really think of it that tend- way but you're right because what the English tended to do then was just throw them in, because they were a trump card in almost every fight. Uh, there's a lot of examples with them fighting the Welsh, especially, where they'd throw heavy horse in, thinking, well, that's our, you know, that's our ace in the hole, that's our winner. Yeah. But they just can't operate on certain terrain. So, for example, this marshy, boggy land, this craggy land uphill and things like that, they, they can't get enough momentum, they get stuck. And because they're so heavy, they're not like the little dirty hill ponies that can prance around willy-nilly. They just get stuck and bogged down. So, yeah, my, my, my dick of the day is not so much the heavy horse, but the, the sort of using the heavy horse always as like, oh, this is our guaranteed victory. The arrogance yeah. of it all. Well, that's a, yeah, mine's quite different to that. So mine would be, um, I hope like, this is going to come across as racist, but the Flemish. And let me tell you why. The Flemish part of our audience, mate, they're going to be fuming now. <laughs> well, what the fuck is a Flemish? <laughs> uh, who that's are the Flemish? Point. So, I, like, I, I, I don't, I, I, I daren't Google it because I don't care enough to. Because you, you <laughs> you're not you even going to give them the time of day. <laughs> no, you know, imagine they're traipsing your flemmy ass all the way from like Flemland, only to die in a bog of eternal stench. <laughs> it's, it's thing is, they right. All I know from the Flemish is they're not from the native British Isles, right? So that means they've come from somewhere else to fight mm. with the English. Now, I get it, you know, you might be a mercenary or something like that, but what, what's your beef, Flemish people? What's your beef with <laughs> well, Cymru? Do you know what I mean? Well, if I was a scoundrel and an ignorant racist, I'd say they came to Wales because when we speak Welsh, we sound like we have phlegm in our gobs and they wanted to come back to the motherland or the phlegmland. But that's oh, just that me is being low. a... That is low. Me, <laughs> that is low. <laughs> Belly of a snake. Um, <laughs> so I, I think in this case... I, I, I'm going to stick to my one. I think the Flems have a lot more to answer to than the poor big horses, the big gumps who got sent in front line. As I said, those big gumpy horses, it's not their bloody fault, but the Flemish, no. they, they chose to be there. On, for, in, on June 1401, they chose to be there, the bastards. I heard they started it. I heard they, they said, oh, you heard those pricks <laughs> yeah. over there, they've been calling you nonsense. Flemmy boys shouldn't throw stones, that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. Should we, I, I'm going to dare Google right now, what is a Flemish? 
Can I tell you? Go on then. It yeah. says a Flemish is a yellow bellied cunt. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, you've, you've heard it here <laughs> first, ladies and gents. It, no, it says it's Flemish relating to Flanders. Ned Flanders, the worst no. of all the, the Simmons, the cinnamons. <laughs> I got great images of them running in with their spears. Diddly diddly. <laughs> it feels like I'm running nothing at all. Um, the Dutch <laughs> language is spoken in Flanders. So, fucking hell, this is blown my mind. I thought Flanders, that's like Flanders Field. I thought that was France. But I, I am quite Oh, yeah, same. But Flanders, the Dutch language spoken in Flanders, one of the two official languages of Belgium, the Belgique got involved. Oh, the bloody Belgians. Um, it's a low Franconian dialect. Just fucking have a word with yourself. Um, I like that as well. Low Franconian. That's a fucking slam and a half, isn't it? Back yeah, in the day. You're nothing but a low Franconian. <laughs> Now fuck off back to Flamland. Um, <laughs> fuck off back so to I'm actually fuck off back to France, you Flemish lot. We're not actually from France. We're from oh, just no. get fucking out of here. <laughs> I'm no closer to seeing where we are. The third thing on Google says Fleming and Walloon people Encyclopedia Britannica. I'm done. I, you had your chance, Fleming. You too could much. Have no. Told me in my first few instances, but I don't know what you are, and I don't care anymore. You got beaten. I like so, um, I like that we you know we're a, hit, a so-called history podcast and we're like I thought I thought um Flanders was in was in France oh yeah me too yeah. Oh, well I guess we we don't do our research I guess we're not enough of it <laughs> yeah. and I won't bother to learn where it is I'm going to continue to say it's France it really is France yeah. it's got to be Ignorance so do you think the man the dick of the day is the Flemish there yeah go on I'll with you on that. So we'll give that man of the match to the hill ponies and dick of the day to the flems. And that's, it's a bit of a shorter episode than normal because, like you said, it's not massively recorded. It's quite quick, but it's massively important. So, um, oh, yeah, it's, it's a... one of the big first ones. It's sort of like a launching off point for a lot of the Welsh-English battles during the sort of the 15th century. Yeah. I'm getting that right now. It's 15th century, is 1400s. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, man, that always throws me. It's, I always remember it because we're now in the 21st century. 20th century That's Fox right. was the one before. Um, Again, we're uh, I, you know we're a history podcast, but uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it is funny though. This was the very the when I came to you with this idea, like to start this podcast. This was the very first one I ever read because I'd sit there on my desk and I'd Google uh, famous Welsh battles, and then this came up and I read it and I could vividly picture it. And I thought, fuck, that's like I know it's niche, and I, I think anyone listening to this would be the only because they're also interested in niche British history or, or, or niche medieval history. But I just really, it felt visceral and I could feel it. And I felt, fuck, imagine being that outnumbered and on a couple of ponies. It just, I loved it. And that's what kind of sparked my interest. And, and look, here we are yeah, now. Yeah, and you would think, wouldn't you, that with the such barrett numbers as well, the smaller army, I think in a lot of cases, would just go, oh, fuck this, like, we're not going to win this, mate. But the fact that they stuck to the guns, they were like, no, I'm yeah. sadly enough on my little tiny pony with my massive bow. Ooh. We're doing stronger it, men than I, absolutely or braver men than I, I should say. Yeah, well, should we wrap it up there and should we let them know where we can find us? So, we want you to get in touch with us at Tales for Wales on Twitter. And if you could like and review on or wherever you listen to us, like and review and share with your friends if they'd be kind. If they're not kind, I'll tell them to fuck off and shove up their ass because I, I don't want mean words. Said yeah, to me. I, I, can... I don't want any sort of criticism, constructive or otherwise. <laughs> I just want you guys to love us like unconditionally. Is that so much to ask? And if it's not good. Uh, or there's something you think, oh, actually, that could be really good, but you need to change this. Don't tell us. Fuck off. Start your own podcast with your own mate. <laughs> we'll loser. never change. We'll never, <laughs> never change. 
Every time we sign off, we get so defensive because we know we don't want to be like ridiculed. Yeah. And if you don't like it, I didn't even want you to like it anyway. So, uh, jokes on you. It was uh, a joke. The whole I thing just, was a joke. I just wasted the half an hour of your time. So actually, we win. Cheers. And I've wasted ten years of my life. How many times have you spent editing podcasts that this audio is too bad? That was all a joke as well. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah, we win. You suck. We win. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs>